G'day, welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast. I'm Graham Curry, your host from Perth, Australia. I lost 60 kilos or 132 pounds living an intermittent fasting lifestyle, and I successfully maintained that weight loss now, coming up two years. I wanted to bring this series of podcasts to you to give you an insight into what it's like to living an intermittent fasting lifestyle. I'm also the author of the book, The Fasting Highway, which is a story of my journey overcoming chronic addiction to fast food and sugar and taking that walk from morbid obesity to normality. So sit back here with us on the Fasting Highway in the next few weeks and listen to some inspiring guests and some experts in the intermittent fasting community. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the show. G'day and welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast and this is episode 70. So before we get to today's exciting guest, I just wanted to give a big shout out to everybody there in my Facebook group, The Fasting Highway. Uh, Thank you so much. We're up to 2,300 members now and it's growing rapidly. Uh, Some great posts in there and it's a lot of help for you coming. So if you want to get some help with intermittent fasting, come along and join us there at The Fasting Highway Facebook group. Uh, Also, to those that have been buying my book on Amazon, The Fasting Highway, uh, you can get it in both paperback and Kindle. Uh, thank you for the great messages and the support I've been getting. It's been fantastic. And that's the Fasting Highway book on Amazon. Okay, let's get to today's guest. And I'm going to be talking with Candy Lynn. And Candy is from New Jersey in the United States. And Candy's pretty much been battling weight her whole life. And her diet history stretches back to the age of 10 when her parents put her on the diet at the recommendation of a pediatrician. And even at age 12, Candy actually asked her parents to go away to a fat camp for six weeks in San Diego and she's going to tell us all about that and her life leading up to intermittent fasting and the struggle she had with weight. So here she is to tell us about her journey, Candy Lynn. Oh, g'day Candy and welcome to the Fasting Highway and thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you Graham, I'm excited. Yeah, it's great to have you here. I've been following your journey for a while and it's quite amazing. So Candy, for those out there that don't know you, if you wouldn't mind giving us a bit of your backstory just a bit of your history and many problems you had with weight and health in your life, and also what led you to the path of intermittent fasting? Sure, I would love to. Um, Well, I feel like I have been working or battling my weight for a long time. Uh, I think around when I was 12 is when I realized I had an issue with weight. I probably started my first diet around then at the recommendation of my pediatrician. Um, When I was 12, I was very sad, very uh, self-conscious about my weight. I asked my parents if I could go to a camp to learn how to eat better. And they did. They, They signed me up. They let me go. I went to, I live in New Jersey in the United States. I went to California when I was 12 for about six weeks. And it was a very, very strict camp that put you on a calorie restriction with exercise. I was able to lose roughly 25 to 30 pounds in six weeks came home and thought that I was, and I'll say this in quotes, fixed. But at 12, I didn't know the first thing about counting calories or how to maintain that weight loss. I ended up gaining that weight back and then some. Through my high school years, I probably tried every diet out there, uh, diet pills, speed, um, any crash diet, Dexatrim, anything I could get my hands on, always losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight. In 2000, I decided to join Weight Watchers, 
and lost the weight. I uh, lost roughly 42 pounds and I was able to maintain that weight loss for quite a long time. Had three pregnancies, so I was up and down, up and down, up and down and ended up working for Weight Watchers for a very long time, for 16 years, um, and then parted ways with them that had nothing to do with uh, with their program. It just had to do with their leadership. And um, just after that, I as I got older, I just wasn't able to maintain my weight loss with Weight Watchers anymore and started looking for things, did keto, did a couple of other things, and nothing worked for me until I found intermittent fasting for me to maintain my weight. And I feel like this is going to be the program that's going to take me all the way to the rest of my life. Yeah, that's quite interesting. I mean, 12 years old, I congratulate you on even for thinking about it at that stage that you had a problem. But it's been quite traumatic too. I can't imagine being 12 and going off to something called fat camp. It's like, <laughs> yeah. imagine them doing that now. They'd probably get a lawsuit or something, you know. it's um, So do you think that affected you long-term, that camp, and, and, and sort of what you went through there? Um, I think it did to the extent that I felt that the only way to lose weight prior to uh, finding and discovering IF was that I had to work out. And and I, I'm not knocking working out. Working out, I think, is beneficial. But I thought that it always came down to calories in versus calories out. And I think it did set me up for uh, for a, a long period of time of treating exercise as not 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 necessarily something for health, but something to do almost as a punishment. Like, oh, I ate this. Now I have to do this to work that off. And I think I towed the line of, um, you know, okay, I ate three pieces of pizza. Now I have to run X amount of miles to burn off that pizza. And I think it did um, set me up a little bit to, to have an unhealthy relationship with food and exercise for a long time. Um, but I've been working through that and I feel like I, I have a better understanding and now my fitness, I do it because I want to do it, not because I have to do it. Yeah. Okay. So just run us by, you mentioned you started and how did you actually find out about intermittent fasting? And also how did you start? What was your fasting protocol? Okay. So the first time I heard about intermittent fasting was actually in 2005. My husband used to get a magazine called Men's Health. And at that time, in 2005, I was working for Weight Watchers. I was uh, doing a lot of running. I was, you know, following that program. And my husband had gotten this magazine, Men's Health. And the Fast Five, that Brett Herring book, his, uh, what was it, the 19-5 protocol, was in there. And my husband had read it. And he said, oh, did you ever hear of this? And I read the article. And I was like, no, I never heard of that. And... Brett was talking about how he ate all his calories or all his food in a five hour window. And I just, I couldn't wrap my head around it back then because to me, it just, it, it didn't make sense. Like we have to eat breakfast. It's the, it's the most important meal of the day. And then we have to eat every two hours and we have to keep our metabolism stoked. And it just went against everything that I thought I knew. So I'd heard about it. My husband and I actually tried it for a week, but I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, like I said, wrap my head around it. I couldn't imagine trying to go out and run without fueling myself. And I don't know that his book or that, or I shouldn't say his book, that article didn't really talk about using your own 
um, your own fat for fuel. It just talked about eating in that window. And so my husband and I, we kind of tried it for like two weeks, but it just didn't make sense. So it was sort of in the back burner, but I hadn't really heard about intermittent fasting again until roughly 2018. Um, I had left Weight Watchers. I had gained some weight. I had seen a little bit about it on Facebook, people talking about intermittent fasting. But I was at work and uh, I work in healthcare now. And a patient uh, who's also a friend of mine had come in and she looked fabulous. And she had been battling cancer. And I know she had gained a lot of weight through her chemo and stuff like that. But then when I saw her, she had lost a lot of weight. She looked great. She was glowing. And I asked her what she was doing. And she started talking about the Lay Don't Deny book and about this intermittent fasting. And she said, you know, she only ate in this, I don't know what she said, maybe a four hour window period of time. I downloaded that book as soon as she left uh, my office and read that book in an hour and a half while I was at work and started intermittent fasting the next day. Wow. Talking about Delay Don't Deny there by Jen Stevens, a New York Times bestseller. Jen's a good friend of mine and um, a big shout out to Jen if she happens to be listening to this podcast. But So what was the protocol you started with, Candy, um, when you first kicked off with intermittent fasting? If you wouldn't mind also just going over your stats, I know people like to know that, um, sort of what weight you were when you started, if you can remember, and also what height you are. Uh, so my height officially is 5'1", but I do have a tendency to say I'm 5'3", but I really am 5'1". Um, I am 50 years old as of January, and I don't know my actual weight right now because part of my health journey is I've broken up with my scale because I had a bad history with the scale. I think I'm roughly 137 pounds right now, which is a comfortable weight. And the reason I say 137 is because I'm fitting into all my clothes, which are size six. And when I wear a size six, I'm roughly 137. I mean, I could be as high as 140, maybe even 145. But my size six pants and clothes are all fitting. My highest or my weight before I started intermittent fasting was around one, just about 160. I was hitting about 160, I guess the day that I um, started the delay, don't deny, or when I read the delay, don't deny, I was hitting about 160-ish. Okay. And so with your fasting, how did you start off? 18, 6, 16, 8? What was your protocol then? Um, I started with the 16, 8. I thought that that was reasonable. Um, I had been drinking my I had always been a not always but for the last few years I had been a black coffee drinker anyway so the black coffee wasn't an issue but I was eating breakfast in the morning I was a smoothie girl so I would make a smoothie some type of a shake protein shake and I would drink that on my way to work I have to be at work we start work at six o'clock in the morning so I was getting up early I would make my shake and I would drink that and then my lunch used to be um right around 11 o'clock. So I was eating quite a bit in the morning. So then uh, I said, well, I'll do 16, eight. I won't eat. Um, I won't eat breakfast. I'll just eat lunch at 11. So I was at 16, eight for a while. And then I get done work at two 30. So it was really easy for me at that point to just give up lunch because I only get a half an hour. And I felt like I was really trying to eat very fast in a half hour period of time. So I was like 16, eight for maybe two or three weeks. Then I went to 18, uh, I guess the 18, six. And then, um, 
I just gave up lunch and I get home about two thirty. I usually work out, so then I really went just to twenty twenty slash four, which was probably is is where I really am now. I've done a couple of um, the ADF. I like ADF if I don't have a lot going on because of my kids' schedules. Sometimes trying to do an up day doesn't sound like it should be really hard, but when I have to run my kids to different sporting events, I don't have the amount of time to do the refeed uh, that I would like. So I pretty much stick with uh, OMAD with a 24, 20 slash four. Okay. So you're talking about ADF, alternate day fasting there, for those out there listening that may not know what that is. And with the alternate day fasting, tell us about the refeed day and why that's really important, Candy. So after reading um, Jim Stevens' book, The Delay, Don't Deny, then Fast, Feast, Repeat, I also read that book, um, Alternate Day Fasting, Appetite Correction, and The Obesity Code. Because once I, once I commit to something, I want to read everything. And of course, I read your book too. So I want to read everything out there. Um, one of the things was recommended that if you do the alternate day fasting, where you go for that extended time without eating, when I would do an alternate alternate day fasting, I would close my window Sunday night and not eat at all Monday and then open Sunday, uh, Tuesday, roughly around 11 o'clock. When you have that refeed day, it's recommended that you don't have a window, but that you refeed and you have at least a minimum of an eight hour eating time. So eight to 12 hours. And like I said, with my work schedule, I would have to open at 11, I'd have to eat, then I'd have to come home, I'd have to eat again. And then if I'm running my kids to sporting events, I'd have to eat again. And the reason they recommend that you have that refeed day where you have that unrestricted eating is so that it keeps your metabolism working where it doesn't feel like, hey, I've gone a day and a half without eating, I'm not getting anything. By doing that, it does help give you the weight loss. It also, um, it just keeps everything moving the way it should. And and I like it. I like doing um. In, in the group, they call it a mealless Monday. I like doing that protocol, but like I said, I can only do it when I don't have a lot going on with the kids because then I can't refeed. And if I don't refeed properly on Tuesday, by Wednesday, I'm way too hungry and I can't stick to my 24 or my OMAD. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks for that. And also, if people want to know more about alternate day fasting, uh, we had Rachel Arwood gone in episode six. Uh, Rachel gave a full explanation of what that is and the right and wrong reasons to do it. Uh, my only caveat with it is I'd like to say to people out there that are just starting fasting, don't even think about trying to do extended fast for at least three, maybe four months until you get used to it, build up that fasting muscle, and, and we have to get to that stage where we're ready to do those longer fasts, don't we, Candy? Oh, yes. It took me – I was probably already fasting – for at least a year before I even tried the alternate day fasting. I was I was a little afraid of it, but then uh, the Facebook groups, you hear other people doing it, and I thought, oh, I'll give it a shot and I'll jump in. And I liked it. I mean, I don't mind doing it. I feel like for me, sometimes it is beneficial. I don't use it as any type of punishment. I just do it because I like the way I feel. I like the energy I have. Um, but I, for me, like I said, that refeed is really, really important. Yeah, thanks. So also, when you were starting intermittent fasting and you were mainly doing that 20 and 4, you worked up to that, you're doing a bit of alternate day fasting as well, 
Were you restricting anything or were you eating all the things? In the beginning, I really didn't restrict. And I would say now I really don't restrict, but I have learned which foods make me feel better. I do find that if I close my window with sugar, the next day is very hard. So I've learned to like stagger. If I want to have a treat, I try to have it in the middle of my window as opposed to opening or closing. Um, I have naturally gravitated more to healthier foods. Um, If we're having, if it's pizza night in our house, I will have pizza. If we're going out and, um, you know, say the kids want, like I said, wanted to stop for maybe Wendy's or something, I will have that. I don't like to eat that on a regular basis, but I really just try to keep some normalcy with me, with my family. And I try to be able to do what it is that everybody wants to do. Um, As far as restriction, I'm really not a big drinker. I would have a a glass of wine occasionally, but I find that when I have wine, it it really makes me feel... um, not good the next day. I feel like I'm in the middle of menopause right now. So I feel like if I have wine, it for whatever reason, I don't know if it's the sugar. um, But I end up with a lot of hot flashes. So I pretty much restrict the alcohol. uh, Just for that reason. I also feel like sometimes if I have a glass of wine or two glasses of wine, that maybe I don't make the best choices. So I don't really restrict anything. But I do try to make the healthiest choice I can in my window, I get full faster. So I'm definitely more aware of, I don't want to fill up on junk and then not really have room for the healthier foods. Yeah. So you're quite flexible with your lifestyle and that's what it's got to be, doesn't it, Candy? For us to be long-term sustainable with intermittent fasting, you've got to fit in with your life, your family. Um, Sometimes there's an occasion, you've got to move your window around. And it's important the longer we go with this lifestyle, we realize how flexible it is. But also, Candy, let's talk about clean fasting for a minute. Was that something you were doing right from the start, clean fasting? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But like I said, I was already a black coffee drinker. So for me to do the clean fast was really easy. I know for some people it's challenging because they they like the cream and the sugar. Um, I've been a black coffee drinker. When I first started drinking coffee, I always drank it black. And then for a period of time, I did do cream and sugar with my husband but um, I just remember one day having a coffee and I'd put some cream and sugar in it and my dad had come over and he said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I have some cream and sugar in my coffee. And him and my mom were always black coffee drinkers. And he goes, I guess you're not a real coffee drinker anymore. And once he said that, I dumped the cream and sugar and went back to black because I wanted to be a real coffee drinker. So the, the clean fast for me has always been easy because, like I said, I was already a black coffee drinker. Yeah, you're quite an experienced fast now, Candy. Uh, we're talking about the clean fast here for people that are you to intermittent fasting listening to this. We have a lot of beginners, Candy. What we're talking about there is during our fasting period, we're going to try and keep that insulin as low as possible. And by doing so, we just have things like black tea, black coffee, plain water, plain sparkling water, or plain green tea. And just explain to people, Candy, why that's important. Um, Well, that's important, like you said, to keep the insulin low, um, which is the goal. Um, So when you're having anything with flavor, it spikes your insulin. So if you were to have a a little bit of sugar or even an artificial sweetener in your your coffee or your tea, your body thinks it's going to 
it's getting something, it's getting food. So then your insulin spikes and you miss out on all the health benefits of the intermittent fasting. So I have a couple people that I talk to that I coach about intermittent fasting. And the one thing that I always try to drive home, and I think uh, Jen and you and Roxy and different people in all the Facebook groups, they constantly say it. Um, you have to clean fast. You have to clean fast. And I always try to drive that point home too. Um, if people say, well, I can't give up my coffee with cream and sugar. I just tell them to wait until their window. You don't know. There's no rule that says you have to have coffee when you get up in the morning. Just slide it to when you open your window and have your cream and your sugar have it then. You know, drink water up until that time or try, like you said, the, the green tea or the black tea. Um, but it really does make a difference. I feel um, when I have that coffee, for me, it, it just it keeps me going. I like having the sparkling water. I'll do a Pellegrino uh, water uh, or even just plain water. And it really does make a difference. I can't compare um, like, oh, I lost more by doing clean fast versus doing the fast with that stuff because I never did that. I, when I started my fasting, I was a clean faster right from the beginning. So I don't I don't know what it would be like to try to fast with something that wasn't a clean fast. Yeah, that's great. And I think for me personally, you're either fasting or you're not. That's that's as simple as it. And, um, right. you know, if you want to cut corners, go and get a go-kart. Because why do you <laughs> want to cut corners during your fasting period or your intermittent fasting lifestyle? The whole idea is you keep that insulin as low as possible. You're giving those organs a rest from digesting food all day. You're letting your cells regenerate over that period of your fast. And then at the end of the day, taking out that trash and we get up to that 18, 20 hour mark and the fat burning really starts to do. And the magic of the clean fast is the whole foundation of intermittent fasting. So I can't stress enough Candy to people out there. And I know you're probably the same clean fast, please. Like Candy, let's move on now. And we're going to talk about the non-scale victories and the health benefits that come from intermittent fasting. And we know we hear in this podcast over and over the number of different health benefits and non-scale victories that come for people. Can you run us through some of those that happened for you? Sure. Um, For me, um, one of the biggest things I've noticed is I had terrible, terrible acne. And before I had my children back in like 2005-ish, um, I had done a couple rounds or I had done one round of Accutane because my acne was way, way out of control. Um, then my acne was great. I was not breaking out. After I had my third son, he's now nine. I don't know if it was just a change in my body chemistry or if it was my hormones or any of that stuff, but my acne started up again. And I had gone to the dermatologist and they had recommended about doing the Accutane. And I don't know if you know what Accutane is, but Accutane is like a six month, really heavy, high doses of vitamin C and it's to to cure your acne. And I did not want to go on Accutane again at that point. Um, One of the things that they recommend is when you're on Accutane is that you have to go on the birth control pill. I was over the age of 40 and the birth control pill is not recommended if you're over 40 because it can lead to blood clots. So I felt like Accutane was sort of out of the, out of the um, realm for me because I did not want to go on birth control. I was done having children and it seemed ridiculous to go on birth control in my forties, especially since I had my, um, I'd had a tubal ligation, but they said, even though I had the tubal ligation, I would still have to go on the birth control pill. So anyway, I ended up not doing the Accutane. My acne was out of control. When I started intermittent fasting, 
after about three weeks, my acne has totally disappeared. So to me, that's a huge non-scale victory. Now, I know if you're looking at me now, you might see one or two uh, pimples on my face. That's because I have to wear a mask all the time at work. But if I was not wearing the mask, I would not have the breakouts that I have that just that little bit. So that was a big thing. My acne cleared up. My I noticed a huge difference in my hair. My hair started growing. Um, I lost some hair after having my kids and my hair started growing and it got really long. My nails are the best they've ever been. I sleep really good. I did mention that I'm going through menopause, but once I cut the wine, my hot flashes stopped. I sleep great. My energy is, I would say, definitely through the roof. When I come home from work, I work eight hours on my feet. I work as a phlebotomist, so I'm on my feet all the time. When I come home from work, I'm able to get changed and go out and get my exercise in. I, I just, I feel good. I, I, I feel comfortable in my clothes. Um, I've noticed that my body has changed. Uh, I guess with, we talk about autography. Um, I, I, that's just a great non-scale victory. I, I don't feel this need all the time to think about food. I don't feel this need to track my food. I don't feel this need to um, count or portion control. I feel like for the first time in my life, I know when I've eaten too much, I know when to back off. I know when to stop eating. So to me, those non-scale victories are just the peace of mind it's given me or food freedom it's given me is, is just, um, it's just such a great feeling. I if, Like for the first time, I do not feel like I'm on a diet. And that to me is pretty powerful because prior to, I had basically been on a diet from age 12 until 47. And obviously you worked in the weight loss industry for a long time. And you worked yes. with a lot of people that obviously had been yo-yo dieting and that sort of thing. And do you think the things that you learned while you were doing that now, you know about intermittent fasting, how do the two sort of weigh up? Like when you think about it, like you say that you coach a couple of people with intermittent fasting and that now, what do you want to see with intermittent fasting? What's your what's your goal? Would you like to see it become more mainstream in these sorts of organizations? Um, I would love to see it become a little bit more mainstream because I think that uh, I think that it would serve people really, really well. I think I think it would save people a lot of money if they were intermittent fasters. I think that um, I well, I think it would maybe even take the uh, dieting industry, it could really hurt them because there's a lot of money involved in, in, in the dieting industry with different supplements and different programs, different things like that. Um, I think anybody can intermittent fast. I mean, of course, like, you know, obviously if you're pregnant, you shouldn't do it. If you're a child, you shouldn't do it. You should talk to your physician, but it's amazing how many people, once they try it, it's almost like they're hooked. Like, wow, like who knew, who knew I could do something that is so easy. Um, I think, and as far as what I've learned in my past, I definitely know the difference between healthy food versus processed food. I, I recognize that we need to eat more whole foods, foods um, that are, are better for us. So that definitely was a big help. Um, in the beginning, intermittent fasting was a little bit of a challenge because I kept looking at something and wanting to count it and wanting to track it and wanting to weigh and measure. And one of the things that I wanted to personally learn is I wanted to learn how to trust myself. I wanted to be able to get to the point that I knew that some days I would eat two pieces of chicken and some days I would eat one. And I wanted my hunger to dictate how much I ate, not how many 
points or calories or containers I had left at the end of the day because I wasn't, I think I was more robotic in that sense where it was like, okay, if I didn't have any more calories left for the day, I had to stop eating. But some days I was hungrier than others. And and then it became into that, okay, well, I worked out this hard, so now I can add more calories in. I, I mean, I, I sometimes feel like I was that hamster on that wheel, just constantly spinning, 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 constantly thinking about food, constantly thinking about calories in, calories out, doing this, doing that, tracking, all this stuff. And for me, I think, and, and probably a lot of other people, intermittent fasting gets you off that roller coaster. It forces you to really examine what you're eating. It's very hard to be an emotional eater if you're an intermittent faster. So it, for me, anyway, it forced me to break that habit because if I was having maybe a bad day, I would go for chocolate. Well, now yeah, I might still have chocolate, but I'm having it in my window as opposed to eating it because something bad happened. So I'm dealing with my emotions. So you can chalk that up to a non-scale victory too. If if I'm having an emotional day, I'm dealing with my emotion uh, in a non-food related way because I can't have the food because it might not be time to eat because it's not in my window. I mean, I don't know if that sounds crazy to you, but for me, that is, that's a huge thing. Yeah. I think that's fantastic actually. And um, I think I can see that your mindset is very powerful. And mindset is something we often talk about in intermittent fasting. And for me, Candy, intermittent fasting is 90% mental, right? I mean, you mentioned there it's fairly easy. I mean, the whole concept of intermittent fasting couldn't be more simple, right? You fast and then you feast, you eat in a pattern of time. And you eat to satiety, you stop, wash, rinse, repeat the next day. So... The actual sort of process of fasting is quite simple, but the mental part of it is the struggle, isn't it? It's it's getting your head around it, like you mentioned earlier on, about that the fact that you may only be eating in a, a certain period of the day. You walk past cafes, you might be out walking or something. You see all these people sitting there eating, you know, doing everything else. So all those things you got to get past. So for the mental part of it, what was that like for you? I the mental part. It was a, a little bit of a challenge because um, I mentioned before that I like to, um, well, that I'm, I love to exercise. I like to work out. Learning that I could go out for a run without eating before, I would always say, oh, I have to have a banana with peanut butter and then go out and run. My runs always had to be in the morning. It, it was just like this whole process. And now that I don't have to eat before I run and being able to run or being able to work out without eating, like that was a, that was a mental uh, change. Um, also to thinking, okay, I need to carb up before I, I run. No, I have enough um, fuel. My body has enough fuel that I can go out and run five miles, six miles, eight miles, even 10 miles and sustain myself just on water. So mentally, I had to kind of turn that off. I had to also turn off other people saying, oh, you have to you have to eat before you run um, that part of it. it. Friends sometimes would say, oh, you know, let's go meet for coffee. And now I'm saying, well, let's go meet for a walk. Let's walk first. And then then we'll have coffee because at that point, then my window will be open and I can go have that. So it, it does it does change that part of it. Um, the not eating while I'm watching TV at night. My husband and I used to, you know, we would sit down and it would be have ice cream or have popcorn or have chips or have something while we're watching TV. And now it's like, okay, TV is TV. 
we eat during our window. And then when we're done eating, we don't have to have a snack. So there's that mental, uh, I guess that mental shift too, of, of not feeling like you have to snack every time you're watching TV or if you're watching a movie. Um, if I go over to a friend's house in the afternoon to visit, um, you know, they always want to give you something and I can, it's just, I'll just have coffee or water and and it's fine. And mentally, I mean, I feel good about it. I feel good about my choices. I feel good about where I am. Um, I've gotten a lot of support from people. I mean, there have been a couple of people who will make comments like, oh, I guess you can't have anything because you're fasting. And I remind them that fasting is a choice that I make, a choice that I make for my health and I'm doing what feels good for me. And I just need you to respect my choice. I will eat when my window is open and I will close my window when it feels time to close my window. And that's what I'm doing because it makes me feel good. And I feel that this is the best thing for me at this time. Oh, that's fantastic. And you mentioned support there, and that's important too, isn't it, Candy? And you plug yourself into groups like Facebook and, um, you know, the various groups that are out there and mine, the Fasting Highway or Gins that Delay, Don't Deny or whatever it may be. And you find your tribe, don't you? You find people that are on the same wavelength as you because, as we know, we do get a bit of pushback in this journey. I don't know if you did or not, but I know I did earlier on and then as time went on that people just accepted it after a while. I just, okay, that's what he does. That's cool. Did you get any pushback in the early stages from friends or family? Um, from, well, first of all, I will say my husband is the most supportive person I've ever met. He, <laughs> he will do anything that I do. He will follow me. He started intermittent fasting. My husband has lost 50 pounds and has been maintaining it. He had turned 50 last August. So he's, he's coming up on almost 51. He looks at least 30 years younger, we constantly, when he's places, nobody can believe that he's 50. He has this energy level. So he does an intermittent fasting lifestyle also. he's a um, He switched over, started drinking his coffee black. So he's been really supportive. Um, as far as work, I guess my, friend, or my friends, my close friends, my tribe, they're all on board. Most of them fast anyway, uh, maybe not as long as me. Some do. I have a couple of friends who will do... Um, you know, the alternate day fasting. But I guess the biggest pushback probably came at work. There were some people at work and they had made comments like, oh, you're doing that crazy thing. You're not eating at lunch. And they would make comments. And now I go out and if the weather's nice, I'll go out and walk during my lunch. And, um, you know, and I always bring an extra cup of coffee with me. So I did get a little pushback from them or how can you go so long without eating? And I told them that, you know, once you get started, it's, it's easy, you know, start with, um, and I would, you know, say, if you want to start, try it, I'll be happy to help you. If you don't want to try it, that's fine. Um, I, I guess I'm always, or I've always been pretty strong in, you know, just respect me what I want to do. Um, you might not agree with it, but that's fine. Um, if you want to, do your thing, do your thing. This is what I'm doing. This is what works for me. But I will tell people, start with a 14. Like we all naturally fast anyway. Almost every one of us naturally fast because we're sleeping at least, you know, six to eight hours. You're not eating hopefully right before bed. So I think most everybody's already fasting close to 10 hours a day anyway. Go to 12, then go to 14, then go to 16. And once you do that, you can gradually um, – add more. So I guess my, basically my pushback came maybe from work. You know, sometimes people would bring in pastries or things like that. But, you know, I, I think at this point, now that they see that I've 
I'm doing it and I've been doing it for a while, they're just respectful of it because, you know, what they say is not going to change my opinion. I know what I'm doing and I know what works for me. Yeah. And I always found I ended those conversations with you do you and I'll do me. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it rolls. Because at the end of the day, our health is our own journey. Our bodies are our own journey. Nobody else is going to fix our health for us. We have to do it ourselves. So those people out there that are saying those sorts of things, they don't have to live in an obese person's body. They don't have to go through the struggle that an obese or overweight person does. So we know what we have to do. So stay the course. And when you get that pushback, surround yourself with your biggest champions, people that are going to cheer you on. Your biggest cheerleaders are going to be your support. Plug into groups that are going to have the same people, the same tribe, the same struggles. Read books about people that have been through this journey. You know, like myself, if you want to find out, The Fasting Highway. It will tell you what it's like to be on this journey. Real stories from this podcast or other podcasts. There's no end of them. And so we have to be mindful that we are on this path for ourselves in our own health quest. So, Candy. The other thing is you mentioned here about your husband and it sounds like I better get him on the podcast too at some stage because that's quite amazing and I really congratulate him um, for supporting you and that's so important to have that family support around you and to live with somebody that knows the same struggles, is on the same path and doing it together, that's just so great, isn't it, as a couple? Yeah, it is. and I mean, it's it's great because, um, well, and it's easy too because he doesn't have to pack anything. I don't have to pack anything. He's had quite a few people will say to him, um, "Wow, they just can't believe how much energy he has." One of the things I think that um, my husband and I always try to keep in mind is we were a little older when we had our children. Maybe compared to other people, we didn't have our first child until we were thirty-five. We had our second child, we were 38, and we didn't have our third child till we were 40. Um, My husband lost his father. His father died at 48. My mother died at 66. So we don't have a lot of um, support as far as people to help us necessarily take care of our kids. So we're probably about 10 years older than most of our kids, their their friends' parents. But we want to be able to, you know, go outside and play football with our kids or play basketball. We want to be able to run with them. We want to be able to do all of those things. So for us, our health is is really, really important because we don't want to become a burden to them because we're older compared to some of their some of their friends' parents. We don't we don't want, you know, both of us, since we both lost our parents at young ages, um, we just have, I don't want to say we have a fear of dying, but we just want to be as healthy as we possibly can for as long as we possibly can. So when I had told my husband that I was going to do intermittent fasting, when I first started, um, I would say probably took him about a month to jump on because at first he was sort of like, wait, you're not going to eat? You're not going to eat breakfast. You're not going to eat lunch. And then when he started watching me and seeing it and he jumped in, he's like, wow, like this is 
like this is powerful and he he'll tell anybody about it people will make comments about his weight and and they'll say oh my gosh you're 50 and he'll say yeah and they're like well what are you doing he's like well i don't eat breakfast i don't eat lunch i drink black coffee and water and they're like well why and he's like because candy told me to you know that's what he'll be you know he'll say that all the time and he didn't really read anything he just kind of follows what i do he's listened to a couple of podcasts and in, and he started running this year or maybe about a year ago, I guess he, when the pandemic happened, he started running and for him to even just start running at this age, he's like, he says all the time, he goes, I feel like I got my life back from intermittent fasting. So for us, for both of us, it just has been a really, really great experience. Um, we feel we feel great. We celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary last year. When I was looking at our, we renewed our vows and we were looking at the pictures. I, I feel like we look almost identical to what we did 25 years ago when we got married. I, I feel like we have that reverse aging thing going on. And I mean, and that's just what we want. We just want to be healthy. We want to live long. We don't want to, we just want to be in control of our health. And there's too many people, too many friends that we have that are our age who are suffering with different ailments. And I know that you can't prevent everything, but we do feel there's a lot that we can prevent. Um, Like I said, I work in healthcare and I just see so many people come in who have type 2 diabetes and how many people have lost their limbs to type 2 diabetes and I, I just don't want that. I, that's one of the things that scares me. I don't want to end up with diabetes. I don't want to end up with kidney disease. I don't want to end up with any of those things. And if intermittent fasting can prevent all of those things, or at least a good portion of it, sign me up and I'm sticking with it for the long haul. That's a great testament. And I really love it. And because, yeah, you're right. I mean, we don't want to go into our 60s and poor health and that sort of thing. And we see it all around us, don't we? I mean, I've been going to funerals lately of people I work with, you know, weren't all much older than me, but their health was so poor and their lifestyles were so bad. And then that's you know one of the reasons that they died early because they just didn't take stock of their health. And even though I lived a lot of my life in poor health, Candy, I'm so glad that I found intermittent fasting and it has reversed my morbid obesity. You know, I'm now a normal, fit, healthy guy. And I feel the same way. Like I'm 58 now and I look at people around 58, 60, and I think, you know what, I'm going pretty good. And um, and I, I put that down to intermittent fasting and you talked about the skin issues and all that and a lot of that stuff cleared up for me too, the psoriasis and so many mental things, phobias, like, you know. And I, I got to a stage in my life when I just thought, I'm never going to be anything else but obese. I'm just going to be overweight. I'm going to be obese and I'm going to die in early age and all that sort of stuff. I just thought that was going to happen. So intermittent fasting has reversed all of that and changed my life. And you and your husband are now on the path to a very, very healthy life, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I don't know what it's like to be obese or morbidly obese, but I do know what it is like to be overweight. Um, you know, and if you go by those charts, I was overweight for such a long time and you don't realize how... I mean, until you're on the other side, uh, just how much that affects every part of your day and how much you miss out on, like you were saying, like you don't want to go places, you don't, you worry about, um, are you going to fit in, are you going to fit there, fit into a certain um, seat, or are you going to, you know, are you going to be the heaviest person in the room? And, um, you know, I, 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 you mentioned about uh, going to funerals and I always had this, like, I, it, it's kind of a morbid joke. But in a way, it, it's sort of funny. Like, you know how, like, if you're home and you get a 
invitation to a wedding, you're like, oh, I have a wedding coming up in six months. You might go on a diet to try to like look a little bit better for that wedding. Or you have, um, you get the invitation for your class reunion and you're like, oh, I, I have a year to get myself ready. The one thing that you never have time to get ready for is a funeral. And I always said that I like to keep myself at a healthy weight so that I'm funeral ready because you know dang well that when you go to a funeral, if you look like crap, everybody's talking about you. So I, I mean, and you mentioned about going to the funerals. I know it probably sounds kind of kind of weird, but that's the one thing you really don't have time to get yourself ready for. And one of the things I like about maintaining my weight or being where I am is that if I get an invitation to go somewhere, whether it's in five minutes or five weeks or five months, I'm ready. Does that make sense yeah. to you? Do you know what I'm saying? It does. So, Candy, we're going to wrap it up soon, but I really want to get some of this mindset from you into this journey. And I know you can help a lot of people out there. And I want to give you, get you some few minutes here to give some words of motivation to people and why they should start IF and how they can start. So I guess I would say the easiest way I think to start is look at how many hours you're already naturally fasting. So if you are done eating every night by eight o'clock and you get up in the morning and you don't have your first thing to eat till eight eight o'clock in the morning, you're already at 12 hours. Push another hour, then push to another two hours or three hours or then four hours. And, you know, you get stronger. It gets easier over time. So I think the getting started part um, can be pretty easy if you look at how how far you already are naturally. As far as the mindset, um, I would say, you know, I, I'm a big fan of affirmations. Um, you mentioned about being part of a tribe. There's so many great groups on Facebook. There's so many great people out there who will guide you, will help you. Um, reach out to them. Don't be afraid. I mean, I, I'm on Facebook. If somebody wants to look for me, my name uh, on Facebook is Candy with two E's, Candy Lynn. I'm always willing to help somebody. I have a group on Facebook. There's tons of groups. Graham has a group. Jin has a group. Um, a lot of other people that I follow on, on Facebook, they have a group. And if you don't find your tribe, make your tribe. Invite your friends to do it. Um, I do read a lot of... Um, a lot of books about mindset, different ones. I'm trying to, nothing's popping up right now, but uh, in Jen Stevens' book, uh, Fast Feast Repeat, she has a great mindset chapter. I love listening to the different podcasts. Um, I'm drawn to your podcast, Graham, first off, because I love your voice. I could listen to your voice all day long because it, it's just, it, it, it's, I feel like my voice is kind of twangy. So I live in New Jersey. We have a weird accent going on here, but I love listening to your voice. Um, there's so many great podcasts out there. Read the books and you know, you're stronger than you probably realize. All everybody out there, you're stronger than you realize. You're not gonna know if intermittent fasting is for you until you give it a shot. But what I can say is if you give it a really good shot and you stick with it for at least six months with that clean fast. You will be amazed at how easy it is. I I mean, I still track it on my app, my hours. But the only reason I do that is because I like to look back and see how many days I've been fasting. But I don't really need to do that. Like, I know when I've hit 20 hours. I just automatically know that. Um, and a lot of days, it might even be 22 hours that I've gone or 23 hours because by the time I got, get home, I, 
I've got so many other things to do. I don't feel this need. Like I have to run in the door and eat right away. Um, and give yourself grace. If you overeat one day, it's going to happen. It's okay. It's not the end of the world, but intermittent fasting can really, really be life changing if you give it the opportunity and, you know, just, just try it. I mean, that's all I can really say is just try it. Cause you're never going to know. I mean, if you've tried so many other things out there and it hasn't worked, give intermittent fasting a try. When I look at all the different things that I've done over the years, when I was doing keto, I kept saying to myself, oh gosh, I can't do this another day. So I knew that wasn't going to be a good fit for me. Whenever I did any diet or any whatever, I couldn't wait to be done. I don't feel that way with intermittent fasting. There is no done. It's just the way it is. For me, like this calmness has come over and, um, I, I just really feel like it, it's something I'm going to do for the long haul. And I, I, I don't really know what else I could add to it. Just that, just to try it, just start and see and see how great you can feel doing this. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And um, I'll just add to that. Procrastination is our biggest enemy, Candy. And so when it comes to something like intermittent fasting and you want to get out of obesity or you're carrying some weight you want to get rid of, just start. Start today not tomorrow, not next week, not next month. We've all done that. We've all come to the end of the year and said, oh, I'll start on the 1st of January. So you eat and eat and eat for that Christmas week. Or it gets to the 1st of January and you start, and then by the 10th of January, you're selling all your weight loss gear and everything else you bought because you can't be bothered using it. So just start is my advice to people and start slow, keep it simple. And I'm all about the simple intermittent fasting lifestyle. I like to keep it as simple as possible. You're fasting or you're feasting. That's pretty much it. And then when you are feasting, make that window as worthy as possible. And that's something I I, I should have asked you, Candy. Over time, have you found that you've gravitated to those high quality type foods in your window? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, a a great meal is, you know, I'm going to have steak. I might have a sweet potato. I'm going to have some vegetables. I'm going to have a salad. I mean, like I said, sometimes we have pizza or we have different things like that. But when I sit down and have a meal, I want to have a really good meal. I want to have healthy foods. I want to have foods that I feel like are fueling my body. And, and even just the the realization that if I eat really high sugary foods or processed foods, I feel crappy. And because, and I think you had asked before, maybe in the notes um, about appetite correction, I know I'm going to get full faster. So I don't want to fill up on something crappy or junky and then not have room for that really, really good meal that's coming along. So I think knowing that I'm going to have a good meal also makes it easier to hit that for me, that 20 hour mark, because I know I'm going to have something really, really good. Yeah, that's fantastic. I can't tell you what a pleasure it's been to talk to you today, Candy. And I think you're somebody that inspires and motivates. What's the actual name of your Facebook group your that you share IF with? Um, my Facebook group, I have to not that I have to look it up because I know what it is, but it's um so it's intermittent fasting for life, but then the word life is L and then there's like a little star I F a star and then the letter A. So it's intermittent fasting for L star, you know, that little symbol above the eight I F star and then the letter A. We'll put that in the show notes for people. They can find you there, Candy. But thanks so much for inspiring us today. And thank you for joining me here on the Fasting Highway. Oh, thank you, Graham. I had a great time. Thank you. 
Oh, thank you so much, Candy. That was fantastic and really great insight into living an intermittent fasting lifestyle over that period of time that you have. And I think you've got a really great take on it. And I think you're going to inspire and you'll be a great mentor for other people. So thank you very much for sharing your journey with us today. So anyway, coming up, folks, next week on the podcast, we're going to be talking with Chantal Ray. Uh, Chantal is the author of Waste Away in a podcast of the same name. Chantal is a very inspiring person. Uh, so don't miss that one coming up next week, Chantal Ray. Also, don't forget, as mentioned in the podcast here, you can get my book, The Fasting Highway, about my own journey. Uh, you can find that on Amazon in both paperback and Kindle. Uh, thank you to all those that have been buying it. Uh, thanks for all the great reviews and the feedback as well. Also, a big shout out to my Facebook group this week. Uh, we're growing rapidly. Uh, we've had some great posts in there in the last week, so thank you for that. So anyone seeking support or some information about IF, come and join the Fasting Highway Facebook group. Anyway, until next week, be well, be safe, and remember, clean fasting is everlasting. Thank you.